Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. So that said, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Life on a consulting engagement. I get asked this question often, what is it like to be in a consulting engagement? How does it differ from what has been read about in newspapers, magazines, and so on? And to be honest, most candidates have very little understanding of what life is like on a management consulting engagement. So I thought it would be a good idea to dedicate this podcast to talking through what life is like for a consultant on a full engagement. And typically, you would expect that once you're told you're going to be put onto a consulting engagement, there would be sufficient time to do planning, sit down with your team, brainstorm about the client issues, structure your analysis, and then get onto the project. Now, assuming you can do all those things, it's still not plain and smooth sailing. But the reality is that it is very rare when you get that opportunity to have sufficient warning and sufficient time to plan. More often than not, you're told about a project the weekend before you're going to be put onto it, or sometimes you're even assigned to a project that has already started, and you're meant to hit the ground running and catch up with your team, which has already had a few days or even a week or even a few weeks to actually prepare. And in some cases, even where you have time to plan, it's just the nature of the engagement whereby not a lot can be done before you get onto the project. So let's just talk about a typical project. So what typically happens is that assuming you have sufficient time to plan, assuming you have sufficient time to spend some days with your project team at the office planning in terms of how you'd structure this project, what actually happens when you get onto a project? Well, what's typically going to happen is that if you are going to be flying into another country or another city to work on client side, you're probably going to be arriving early Monday morning, either taking a flight or driving in. I personally prefer to fly in on uh, Sunday evenings because I like to settle in and I like to get a good night's sleep before I actually begin working on a project. Many people fail to understand the speed at which consulting projects work. I mean, that is the part that most candidates fail to grasp. Consulting projects work at an extremely high pace. And most new consultants, when they join one of the top firms, they are always shocked at how fast you have to work and how accurate you have to be. The amount of work you have to go through is staggering. The amount of analysis you have to conduct on the amount of work you're going through is equally staggering. And the precision with which you have to present that work is difficult. So you arrive Monday morning and you're working with your client and you're firstly working with your team, obviously settling in and so on. And remember, during the day, most clients are working pretty much from 8 to 5 during the day. And whatever data collection you have to do, whatever verification you have to do, whatever information you need to collect, you have to do it between 8 to 5 because that's the time when the client is open. And while consulting firms work to in a great precision and great order and effectiveness, clients don't operate that way. Some of the people you want to meet only arrive at 9 or 10 o'clock from the client side. If they arrive at 9 or 10 o'clock, it's pretty obvious that they're going to be working on things besides the project. So what's urgent to the consultant may not be urgent to them. 
and it takes time to get the information you want. So what I found is that pretty much from eight to five, you're working with your team and you're working with the client to collect information. From about five o'clock onwards, it's pretty much process of using the information you've collected to put together your analysis, to prepare your slides, to do whatever actual work you need to do. And that pretty much can take you all the way from 5 o'clock up to 10, 11, depending on how fast you work. And then there's a question of also reading up. If you're a new consultant, especially if you're someone who doesn't come from a business background, a lot of the terminology, a lot of the concepts which for many business people take for granted, like calculating net present value, terminal values, economic profits, even understanding simple concepts like the Porter's Five Forces, or even just figuring out how to do a proper focus interview. You can't do that during the day in front of a client. There's no time to do it. And you also cannot show the client you learning about things you should know. You can't do it immediately in the evening because you need to be crunching the numbers that you collected during the day. So you have to do it at night. And for a lot of candidates, the process of just reading up can be overwhelming, especially when consulting firms have libraries that have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of documents. So it's not a question of just saying, give me everything you have and I'll read it. You have to be quite careful about selecting what it is you need to read and picking the right document and structuring your work pretty well. So in a typical day that, say, starts from about 7 o'clock in the morning, going all the way to about 12 o'clock at night, is pretty packed. I would say the whole day, typical client hours will be spent at the client and working with your team. In the evenings, you'll be crunching your numbers, checking up on stuff, making sure the analysis is right. And at night, you've got to be reading up on things. And obviously, when you arrive at the client site, you've got to prepare the analysis you want to run. And I mean, that's really you know, the part that where cases come in, you know, where you structure your analysis and say, what is the data you want to collect to prove the hypothesis you have? And in a real project that takes time to do, and it could take up to a week, two weeks, depending on the size of the project, and just planning how you're going to analyze the project, where you're going to collect the data, what you're going to do with the data, and then developing your storyboard. What you'll find is that in the real world, you can come up with the most beautiful analysis, but the client may just not have the data. And it happens many times whereby the analysis you want to run cannot be run because the data is not available or is in a format that you cannot use in the time you have available. And what that means is that, and this happens a lot on projects, you need some data, you just can't get it. So what you have to do is you have to redesign your analysis to prove what you wanted to prove using a different analysis. It takes time and it happens often. Beyond that, the data may just not be available. I mean, I've worked on projects in Brazil, for example, whereby I need to collect some information from a facility somewhere in the middle of the country. And I remember arriving there after a horrible flight and my rental car wasn't working, so I had to get a car without any air conditioning in the Brazilian summer. Arrive at the site. I need to collect something like two gigs worth of data on some records that are held by the federal government, and they don't have a USB port on their system. They don't have a CD cutter. They only have a floppy disk. I don't know how many of you have seen a floppy disk. Many of you won't even know what a floppy disk is. A floppy disk drive belongs in museums today, and it can only transfer something like, I think, one megabyte or maybe two megabytes of data, I think. So we've got all this data sitting in this mainframe. We've got to then cut it up into bite-sized pieces, put it onto the floppy disk, transfer it into my laptop, which is a bulky laptop. 
and then put together all the information after we've transferred it. That took about three days to do. And then I had to figure out how to put it back together and then do my analysis. So there's this myth that, you know, the data you need will be arriving to you in the format you need. No, I can honestly tell you that it is a lot of work and really, really difficult work, not just to collect the data, but to also prepare the data for analysis. I mean, those people who have science backgrounds know that preparation of data and treatment of data is actually more important than the analysis you run to test your hypothesis. And it's no different in management consulting. So the analysis takes time. Then you realize the data you need for analysis is wrong. And then if you can find the data, you realize that it may be in some format that is going to literally draw blood from you in terms of the way you collect it. And then once you have your data and assume you've you know, done all the hard work to prepare your data, you've then got to do the analysis and figure out how to present it. And if any of you have seen slide and PowerPoint presentations from the top consulting firms, you know how beautiful they look. Now, there are specialists. These firms do have specialists sitting in India and Russia and so on who do the panels for you. So, for example, you give them the data and tell them what kind of graph you want to draw, and you give them the data that will go into the graph, and they'll put it together for you. But they can only do what you tell them to do. And it takes a lot of effort to know how you want to present that data to convey the message you want. Using a beautiful pie chart when you should be using a beautiful bar chart is still a failure because the objective is to present the information in the most compelling way. So the really successful consultants put a lot of efforts into thinking, how do I convey the story I want to convey in the simplest and most intuitive way that allows the client to grasp what I'm saying and use it to make a decision and take some action at the client side. And that actually takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. Young consultants always struggle to put together their graphs. Sure, they put together technically correct graphs because they've used the guidelines presented to them. But it takes a lot of effort to understand how you present data in a way that creates action. And if you think about all these things you have to do on the project, you then got a personal life you need to manage. You then need to bond with your colleagues. Time management becomes a painfully difficult exercise and most consultants struggle. I mean, most consultants we speak to, even those who make it all the way up to manager, are always struggling with time. I'll talk more about time management in the end in some ways and how you can take control of that, but time management is a very big problem. And most consultants working from Monday to Friday are pretty much exhausted when they come home on Friday. They don't want to do anything but rest and probably do their laundry. And, you know, most consultants don't even have time to look at the bills coming through. They're late on payments, not because they don't have the money. They're obviously well paid, but they just don't have the time to do the admin to get things done. And thankfully, some banks are now open on Saturdays, so you can go in and do your banking. But to be fair, once you've been working for probably three or four weeks with the long hours of consulting, when weekends come through, you pretty much don't want to do anything but just sit down and relax and spend your weekend at home. Beyond that, you also have to be active in the way you manage your relationships with your colleagues, with your engagement manager, with the associate principal or principal, and even the partner on the project. If you don't actively manage the relationship, then you are not building the bedrock on which a successful consulting career can be built. And building a relationship is difficult. Under stress, you sometimes do things that you don't realize are hurting a relationship, but in the long term, they create friction in relationships. You have to be really 
aware of the kind of behavior and the kind of impact you're having on your team and think very carefully about this. And and I do know some consultants we currently work with who take this very seriously. It's a draining, it's an energy draining process to manage that. Because at the end of the day, given the amount of stress you're under, a little thing you do can piss off someone next to you because they're just so highly strung. On the other hand, something someone else does can upset you even more because you are so highly strung. It takes a lot to to maintain this calm atmosphere in a project room. And I'm sure people say, but you know, everyone's a professional. But believe me, I've been in projects, I'm a career consultant, and it is difficult. And more than that, imagine you spend the whole week having breakfast with your colleagues, lunch with your colleagues, working with your colleagues, dinner with your colleagues. You have no time to be yourself. And what happens with some people is that things that they would normally do in a private setting, they tend to do it around their colleagues because they just don't know how to control themselves. And it's very important that when you are on projects, you find some time, even if it's 30 minutes before breakfast, just to de-stress and spend some time by yourself. And finally, of course, you're dealing with clients. Clients who have been told that this project team is costing us 300000 US dollars a week for a small team. And we must make sure that the consultants give us everything we need. So you've got a client who's watching you like a hawk and expecting to extract every piece, every granular of information and insight that they can get out of you. And dare you show any weaknesses in front of the client, they will use it as an excuse to say you've added no value. So you've got that additional glare. When you're a new consultant, you're always worried that if you show any weakness, the client's going to complain to the engagement manager or to the partner and you're going to end up looking weak. So it's really stressful. And beyond that, the core of management consulting is validating whatever you do. So if you have to put forward a recommendation or a insight, and, and if it adds any value, it's obviously going to be something unusual which the client hadn't seen before, which means that you have to be able to convince them it's true, which means you have to validate it. And validation means getting someone from the client's side and from your team to look at the data and make sure it makes sense. And it's difficult to get clients to validate your data because sometimes clients don't want to validate it. Sometimes they don't agree with what you're saying. Sometimes they want more information. It takes a lot of skill. I mean, each of the points I spoke to now about how to do studies, how to collect data, how to analyze it, how to present, how to manage time, how to manage relationships, how to validate data, they're podcasts all on themselves. But together, it explains the life of a consultant, which is very, very difficult and very, very stressful. And to be fair, Not every consultant's life is like this. I mean, that's a myth that I think consultants would like to present of their lifestyle to try to explain why they work such long hours. But to be fair, my first one to maybe two projects were like this. By the time I got to my third project, I realized that I need to stop relying on other people to tell me what to do. I need to rely on myself to draw an expert opinion where I needed help. But I cannot rely on a partner who is not involved in this project to expect to guide me in exactly what I need to do. That is impossible. Each project is different. Each client situation is unique. Even if we've done a cost reduction exercise for 15 different insurance companies in the past, this client will be different. So by the time my third project came ahead, I said, I'm going to take responsibility for this. The buck will stop with me. I will plan what I need to do, communicate clearly, make sure my engagement manager knew what I was doing, build strong client relationships with client earlier so that I could come to them later when I need help, and take responsibility for delivering what I needed to do. And that particular project, which was my third project, 
I spent the first week and a half just planning what I'm going to do and building relationships to the clients. And I did tell my engagement manager, look, for the first week and a half, I'm just going to be planning stuff. I'm just going to be deciding how I'm going to run the analysis, what's my storyboard, why I'm collecting this data, what my hypotheses are, structure the analysis I'm going to run, build a strong relationship with the client and so on. And to be fair, that project, I used to arrive at 8.30 at client site, but not later than that. Work solidly from about... 9 o'clock till about 1 o'clock, I found it worked best then. Update my project manager, meet with the client, give him an update. And my strategy was simple. Do the work so I could show the client I've done some work later in the day so they could always see progress, a psychological trick I was using with them. And I should be done with my work about 5, 30, 6 o'clock, and I'd be helping my colleagues with whatever work they needed to do. And sometimes they didn't need work, so I'd go home. And it's not an exaggeration to say that by managing my projects very carefully and planning very effectively and taking control, realizing the buck stops at me, I could tame the time management issues on a consulting project. I always find that if you're struggling with time management, it's because you have let the project control you rather than letting you control the project. Hopefully you've enjoyed that podcast. If you have any questions, let me know and I'll be happy to follow up. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com. It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.